Welcome to the Wrestling Headlines WWE NXT Review. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and we're live here on Wrestling Headlines YouTube and later on the podcast version. Links in the description or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net for your latest wrestling news. And we are kicking off with our brand new North American champion as Johnny Gargano faced Bronson Reed in a steel cage main event for the North American Championship in, unsurprisingly... An amazing main event match. Immediately off the bat, yeah, if you've not watched NXT, for some reason you're watching this, go watch the show. <laughs> if I am your catch-up, <laughs> go and watch this match. It was a really, really strong main event. On an NXT that was that did an amazing job of setting up next week, and that's been something that I've applauded AEW for over the course of this past year, is that they will put out really strong matches on this show whilst also setting up like the next week or the near future and that's what this NXT felt like to me. Like, around every other corner, there's <laughs> a setup for something else, like, immediately next. So, for next week. And then in the main event, we got our huge steel cage match. Like, just like next week, we've got loads of titles on the line. <laughs> and then this week, we got this huge moment, which I thought, yeah, they did such a good job in the build to it, like, hyping up his 14 year journey, making sure we're fully aware of that, seeing Johnny Gargano in his. Still relatively nervy and then trying to portray himself as the really confident champion. It's like, yeah, you got to see all those characteristics going into this. And then in the main event itself, Big Bronson Reed. Like, one thing I really liked, because as I was saying, throughout the course of the show, they were building this. But one detail I really liked <laughs> was you've got Big Bronson Reed as the challenger. This is his huge, big moment. You've got Johnny Gargano, who for weeks has been trying to get out of the match, which itself also makes Reed feel like a big deal because Johnny Gargano is like so against wrestling him like why would that be well it's because he's afraid he's going to lose to however Johnny Gargano then on the night starts to talk a bit more confidently he's like I'm flipping Johnny Gargano I'm the North American champion I'm going to beat this guy I'm going to do it for the way and earlier as well Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae were getting their spa day it's like oh it's great we're women's tag team champions and then Johnny's just going to make quick work of Bronson and the way he's going to be in the best state they've ever been little do we know that's a setup for what's to come later. <laughs> Indy took an incorrect swerve at a realisation. <laughs> so that's them kind of hinting at that relationship slightly crumbling, as in the idea that Candice's plan could crumble. That's been placed. And I, again, really big fan of them placing it rather than just immediately crumbling it. But also, in Johnny Gargano's on the male side of the way, we got to see Johnny Gargano drop the belt to Bosman Reed, and the little detail I really liked was like Johnny was all talk before the bell, like on the night, just on the on the whole, he was all talk. Launching for the exit as soon as it rang. <laughs> just like that second it rang, just dove for the uh, exit door, the steel cage. It's like, oh, that's just, for me, that was such a great character detail. <laughs> Where he was just like confidently striding around as the champion. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's right, you're facing the champion. I'm the champion. <laughs> as soon as it rang. I was like, oh, he's, he's absolutely nailed the comedy side of this heel character, <laughs> Johnny Gargano. So, yeah, a massive kudos to that. 
But still, the hyping of Bronson Reed's 14-year journey was really setting us up for an ultimate feel-good title win. The perfect kind of dethroning for Johnny Gargano. I'm just so happy it's not Dexter Loomis in that storyline with Indy Hartwell. This, this is, for me, the perfect story for the character of Johnny Gargano, the perfect guy to lose to. Um, just again, all talk. What <laughs> he goes. And there was like, some awesome spots in this. Like Reed's mix of being a big boy with athleticism really lending himself well against Gargano. Like cases and points. Sunset flip powerbomb throwing Bronson off the cage with a thud. Is it as the athleticism to a do it and then the huge impact from it happening. Oh, it's just, oh yeah, that's what he's like, such a huge asset. And Johnny springing off the cage and bouncing him for a reverse Rana. So it's Reed taking the reverse Rana. So, again, you got to see that mix of power and athleticism. Just And it worked really well with the kind of opponent Johnny Gargano is, because he can... like His his um, intangible is his ring IQ, or one of his intangibles. Kind of make me laugh. <laughs> there, yeah, so the intangibles are just... He's intangible, he's ring IQ. So he can just use the cage and kind of whip around and bounce around into a reversal, as in use his ring IQ <laughs> to do stuff. And Bronson Reed is athletic enough to really pull off getting caught by that. And then also do something himself because he's a big, powerful boy uh, who's got his own athleticism. Like, yeah, like the ending itself as well. It was like, because we, the two biggest spots in this, even though you got to see that ring IQ in display, it was Gorgano taking the biggest of them all. Like a super power bomb down from the height of the cage. So not the top of the cage, but Gar- Gar- Johnny was like <laughs> clinging onto the top. And... Um, just playing off as well with Austin Theory. He was there at ringside for the entire match. Constantly there whenever Reed reached for an exit, be that over the cage or through the door. Austin Theory was always there. In the end, Bronson's being stopped halfway up the cage, knocking both lads down and twisting to splash down on Gargano, uh, following it with a tsunami for the win. It's like, yeah, of course this match delivered. <laughs> and it was the three dynamics of play of Austin Theory, of Johnny Gargano's intangible ring IQ <laughs> and of uh, yeah, Bronson Reed like, fighting. This is his moment. This is his journey. And he's going to show Gargano that he's also got that IQ. So just as much as Gargano was the one like, rebounding off the page, off the cage, there was Bronson Reed slamming him down off it. <laughs> Something like that. So it was it was quite the nice little mix. I, I really, really enjoyed this match. Like, unsurprisingly enough, Gargano and Reed in the main event a bang of a match. <laughs> really, really good. And a great moment to pass the title on as well. Because I feel like Johnny Gargano as North American champion, I've I've enjoyed, but it's one of those where it's like, uh, uh, but, but you as a mid-card champion, is, uh, you're ready for that next generation to defeat him and kind of start pushing to their own ceiling. And now the division, because they've had Johnny Gargano on top, they have built those characters up. Now the division absolutely screams talent of the future. Like, immediately in line is Isaiah Swerve Scott. He made that clear earlier in the show. It's like, oh, yeah, like, the talent from that breakout tournament, <laughs> what was that, two years ago? Like, now we're seeing those talents, because the likes of, I think, Dexter Lewis came in in that. So did Bronson Reed, so did Johnny, not Johnny Gargano. <laughs> so did Isaiah Swerve Scott. It's like, oh, yeah, we're getting to see them actually come to fruition somewhat in this in these spots. And now they've got a title they can fight over as well. Like they're not immediately jolting up to the main event, but giving them an entire division to flesh out in. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, Johnny Gargano being on top, now those characters are fleshed out, and when they become champion, they feel like huge deals. 
It's like, yeah, it's win-win all around. <laughs> but yes, this steel cage match, highly recommended. If this is like a Wednesday Night Wars kind of thing, it's I'm generally thinking, oh, there's a chance that NXT had the best match of the Wednesday Night Wars this week. It was just a really solid main event and a really strong title change. And again, I really like dynamics at play because Austin Theory is there. Even though this is Bronson Reed's big moment, it's in the back of your head. Oh, they could, they could use this for heat. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, you're building up his 14-year journey either because you're about to cash in on it, or you're about to screw him over. <laughs> it's one of the two. Uh, but no, he fought against the odds, shoving Theory off the cage on the outside, shoving uh, Gargano off the cage on the inside, splash, and then follow up with a tsunami. Really, really strong match. Really, really good. And now we've got a new North American champion. And as I was talking about, now the division can kind of move into the future, which was, my like, again, my criticisms of NXT in 2020, it kind of did feel like we're putting the biggest stars out there so that it's the biggest stars in the biggest matches. However, 2021, it's felt a lot more like NXT and that focus on those developing stars is one of the biggest shifts as well. It's done a really... It's done a much better job than 2020 did in that balancing act. And I don't know if part of it is because they're no longer not competing. <laughs> and I feel like whatever's happened in 2021, the the like booking mindset of the show feel like the structure of the show, like the way it feels to watch it and everything, it, it feels a lot more calm and relaxed. Um, obviously, they go for the high-tempo energy to get invested in the show. But, I mean, it's not... doesn't feel as balls to the balls as it did in 2020 as in trying to grab your attention with the best stuff they could. Constantly, every week, the show's got to be main evented by the biggest stars and the biggest matches. Like, no, they feel fine to kind of fall back a bit and develop the biggest guys. Like, this this match was, it was a solid match with two great wrestlers, but this is making Bronson Reed a name. Whilst next week, you've got Cross Balor. That is, in that, that is your big match type of thing. But they don't feel obliged to do it every single week. And a massive thumbs up. <laughs> it's a massive thumbs up. Made a Stein read, and you've pretty much set up the North American Championship division to once again be about this coming up load of talent. I guess like it was in the Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee era, where he's got all those guys. Before them, it would have been like Pete Dunne, Adam Cole, Ricochet. Just that next crop of talent, like really getting the stage to flesh out their characters, and quite a few of them moved on to it was either the main roster or top titles in the promotion. Obviously, Pete Dunne screwed over by the pandemic, but he at the time he was in a big tag team programme with Matt Riddle, who's considered like a big deal in NXT. Uh, so yeah, this is, uh, it's, it's great whenever... I feel like this this title works really well in that way, especially now with NXT at two hours. I feel like at one hour, maybe it's a bit unnecessary, but at, at the longer showtime, this secondary title, especially if the main event is going to be your division where they feature the biggest stars and the biggest matches, they seem to be using this title to create that next crop of them so yeah like massive massive thumbs up <laughs> for the match quality itself for the way they passed over the way all the characters interact with each other in the match is just i've just got nothing but applause for it <laughs> and what it then does to shake up the rest of the vision paired with like everything else earlier in the show because they had uh, yeah again setting it up with us there for scott you've immediately got the next guy in line it's like oh you're gonna be it's gonna be the next crop of talent oh that's cool that's awesome yeah, <laughs> massive thumbs up. Uh, anyway, but that was the main event. A really strong steel cage main event. Uh, just, just I recommend you watch it. it was just, it's Johnny Gargano in the steel cage main event. Do I need to say anything else? And of course, it's Bronson Reed as well. If I'm right, the, is he the second Adelaide champion? 
I think he's from Adelaide in Australia. He's, there's multiple Adelaide talents, and he's like two two of the champions in <laughs> WWE are from Adelaide as well. Uh, so yeah, there was a stat release of what number he is, but I just can't remember. Uh, yeah, but as we're saying, it not only was there a big steel cage title change main event, but this show. Overall, this show was setting up a damn hot card for next week in the process. Whilst also giving us some really strong matches, it also set up next week. And next week's card looks absolutely stacked. And that is the feeling that I've been getting from AW as of late. It's this cycle where you can you have like three pretty big matches and you use the, rema- the other spots on your card to build up three matches for next week. Suddenly you're on a constant cycle of every show, just a constant generation of hype. And I feel like that's what AEW for me has been on for most of this year. Pretty much all this year. That's the cycle they've been on. And when I watch NXT now, I'm slowly getting to that feeling. That NXT now, that they still have the, like, wherewith, I say wherewithal, but it's still within them to do a, to like, like a building block show. Like last time I had James Boyd on from One Nation Radio. To do a building block show, to kind of relax a little bit, set up a load of stuff. There's nothing crazy, there's nothing out of this world. We're just setting stuff up for the future, which you were then, you know, you'll quite like that we did this later down the line. And then I watch it and go, I really appreciate you doing that, <laughs> that prior week. And uh, like, for, for, I guess, for example, next week's show really benefits from the little details being built up. But then you get shows like this, where a few pretty big matches that really do deliver. And then in between, you get me hyped for next week. But yeah, solid stuff. But Tony Storm versus Story Stark opened the match, and Storm and Stark is already going to. Um, I'm that weak. <laughs> it's already going to confuse me. Uh, but Zoe Stark continuing her introductory months of having bangers against established NXT names this time. Tony Storm and Holy Judo throw into a DDT Batman. <laughs> wow, what an amazing finish that was. Uh, again, I go onto Twitter to. Now, in the mornings, just to kind of see what is the main thing being talked about from the show previously the night before. Uh, before any of the next day's events have influenced the timeline, it's I'm English, I will see like the majority of the tweets, what was the most interactive stuff, for, talking about NXT, talking about the wrestling world, whilst I've been asleep. And so it means I get quite a good gauge on what was the things from the night, what were the things from the night that grabbed attention of the audience the most. And this DDT, <laughs> so many people were tweeting out videos of gifts, just like how amazing this is, uh, tagging the uh, originators, oh, she's doing your move, that sort of thing. Some people do it in a weird snitch tagging way. <laughs> but, but that's how I found out uh, that this move was, the person who trained Tony Storm, this was like his special move. If I'm right, it's called the Ruby Special. And uh, yeah, it's like a judo throw into a DDT. And it looks awesome. <laughs> it looks amazing. <laughs> and uh, Tony Storm seemed to use it as my normal moves. None of them have worked. I need to do something special. Ah, special. <laughs> do the and yeah, massive, uh, massive call to her trainer. Yeah, who apparently really, really appreciated it and was uh, ecstatic to see that move done on such a stage. It's like it's really innovative. Like it's <laughs> just like all the applause for the move itself. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, again, the best way I can describe it, judo throw into a DDT. And just bend, whilst you're flipping them over your back, doing the judo throw, you then spin so they land into a DDT. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> it looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, and Zoe Stark, again, her job is to get flipped over backwards and land on her face, but she did it really well. <laughs> she did it really well. And, yeah, 
it felt like again it's like was it Cody when he was in New Japan for wrestling where there was that one extra move where if, if none of my offense is working I'm going to do this crazy unsafe looking thing where you practically get dropped backwards on your neck <laughs> whatever it was and was it was it in Unprettier I can't wait it felt like it was an, an adapted Unprettier into something else but I can't quite remember what it was and it felt felt like that's a super destructive move where if nothing else has worked I will throw this at you this felt like that move for Tony Storm where if she if she's tried everything else and none of it has worked she uh, yeah she'll go back into her locker and whip this I mean, it's very similar to me to like the Bullet Club leaders in New Japan where they'll start hitting the finishing moves of previous leaders as in people who have had a massive say on their career and it's like no I'm going to hit this move and that move like, eh, it's yeah great great stuff <laughs> and in the match itself like Storm was having to throw like, just new stuff after Stark just kept kicking out. Like even lifting the shoulder after the Storm Zero was finally nailed. She spent ages in that match trying to hit the Storm Zero, constantly counted until eventually got Stark down enough to actually hit it. And the match entered a solid like slobber <laughs> the two, throwing stiff knocks and shots as the other just kept fighting back. A damn solid match. And of course that final beat of I need to do something special, then she literally does a special. Like, oh. Yeah, a, a, a NXT seems to be nailing these opening matches just for setting the vibe for the show as well. But my god, that judo throw into a DDT. I'm holding off calling it Ruby Special definitely because I'm not 100% sure that's the actual name. <laughs> but still, uh, yeah, really, really solid match with an awesome finisher. That It looks amazing. Now, after the match, Frankie Monet came out and she pointed at the Titan Tron as uh, the graphic on the screen announces her debut match for next week. That's popped up around the crowd. And then later in the show, we've got a full on billboard advertising of it. So, just to remind you, uh, Frankie Monet, she really is debuting next week. Uh, with a, We don't really know a lot about her character, really, other than she's got an adorable dog. <laughs> and that she is uh, slightly Hollywood based in a way. And she's called Frankie Monet. We know that as well. That's been part of it. But I'm hyped to see what comes next. Or interested. I don't know. I don't, it takes a little bit more to get me there. Generally excited. Like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> it's not Eurovision. <laughs> uh, but still, I, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. She was really... I, I, I have watched her stuff as Taya Valkyrie. I think first introduced to her... I can't remember which order. I want to say it's Lucha Underground. Then I followed up on um, AAA stuff. Because at that time, I was getting into wider wrestling. Like I'd gotten into New Japan a few years earlier and then I knew about their deals with a Mexican promotion, CMLL. And I knew of AAA, I just hadn't really watched it. So I've seen both of her stuff in Lucha Underground and AAA, then of course in Impact. So I know how great she is. It's uh, it's just interesting to see yeah, what they're going to do with her in NXT, giving her a completely new name, a completely new gimmick. What's it going to What's it going to be? Ooh, I mean, I know how strong she can wrestle. That's the only bit for me that won't... That's not the surprise bit. It's what character or demeanour she's going to have. Uh, I'm in the NXT environment, it's one of those ones where it's like, oh, yes, I really enjoy them here, but how would they do in this environment? Oh, we get that answered. We get it answered. How does Taya Valkyrie do in the NXT environment? We get to see it. <laughs> the NXT women's division becomes even more stacked. <laughs> it's insane. Even with call-ups, it's still an insanely talented division. Yeah, speaking of, uh, Candice and Indy... They had their spa day. Ooh, 
Hartwell thanks LeVay for helping her see that Lewis is just a loser. He does nothing but just stare at her. He's just a weird man. And just saying that, though, not knowing Dexter is in disguise like a hitman, <laughs> disguised as a manager, giving the massage. Uh, so he then walks off in, aww. But later on, Candace's card was declined, leading to the employee accidentally revealing an unpaid purchase of flowers, aligning with a certain week where Candace tricked Indy into thinking they were mind games via Ember and Shotzi. Oh, no, it was... And then Indy starts to put the pieces together, like, wait a minute. Was that the week with, with the flowers? The flowers, you say? The flowers. But you said they were left by Emma and Shotzi. Well, if they... And it's just mind games. But if they weren't left by Emma and Shotzi, then that means... And you see the terror on Candice's face, like, oh, crap, no. Oh, no, it's all falling apart. <laughs> and his face is like, oh, that means, that means... That means he likes me! <laughs> just got all the way of Candice, suddenly realises... Oh no, she's back onto Loomis. <laughs> oh no. Uh, having narrowly escaped being caught out for setting the whole thing up, Indy then goes the opposite direction. It's like, oh, it wasn't a trick. It must have been Loomis. He sent the flowers. He loves me. And off she scuttles to find true love. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, and uh, Beth Phoenix having to then sell her excitedness in that as animatedly as possible. She's a mum. And mums can, mums can do that at a, like, Click of a <laughs> finger. The kid, if the kid is watching a show and the kid's like, oh my god, no! An amazing ability to show like that they are just as invested in the kid. I suck at that. <laughs> I suck at not coming across as sarcastic. I was like, oh no, oh no, he's, oh no, Pinocchio's stuck in the whale. Oh no, oh, this is a situation. <laughs> it's just, ah, uh, no. Yeah, Beth Phoenix showing her mum skills. <laughs> just pretty much just doing that. And I was like, I oh, yeah, did the super investor stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, we then got, speaking of investment, we got a prime target on Cross versus Balor 2, which is taking place next week, assumably in the main event, <laughs> given how hype this promo was uh, in effect next week. Yet another really high quality, well edited and put together a VTR playplay from the NXT team. Like, it's a staple at this point. Like, coming with a guarantee of greatness. Like, when they say we are doing a prime target on this, you know there's a certain amount of effort and quality that comes along with that. And this was no different. Like, just into the... Like, just the filming of it, the editing of it, the putting... Just every, every, there's so many little details in there which are on screen for such a small second. But, there, like, effort was put into that to make this look as good as it does. So just like massive applause and appreciative. Like it's again, it's the it's a prime example, pun on purpose, <laughs> of what I was talking about the other week, where I think it was when Adam Cole did his interview at the pool, where at the resort, where <laughs> wherever Adam Cole was, and they see the high quality production of it. It's like that is the that's the bonus of you thinking about something in advance and having enough time. You know this is coming up on this week's show where you can set up a much bigger, much higher quality production for it all to fit into the show, compared to Raw, where they've made it up there and then, even that afternoon, even when the shows are on live, and they just have to film a quick little, little thing backstage. And Yeah, it's like the quality difference is night and day, and this prime target vi video of this, is like you can see it. It seeps of effort and energy being put into it. Uh, so yeah, but the actual uh, content of it itself... 
Like they're getting across that everybody's interested in next week's NXT title match. It's a tactic that always works. Everybody from Jimmy Smith, the NXT analyst, to Paul Heyman, the manager of the biggest star in the company. Everybody's got their opinion. Everybody's got their eyes on the NXT Championship match next week. Yeah, a really strong way to set up for your big main event for next week. Like if everybody's interested, including the biggest star in the company, and he kind of built up and built up with the names that were giving their like idea on who's going to win, and you like, end on Heyman. But yes, really, <laughs> really strong. Uh, anyway, speaking of stuff I love, Cameron Grimes. <laughs> it's Jake Atlas versus Cameron Grimes set up earlier where Cameron Grimes rocks up in is an expensive car, then Cockley chucks the keys at Jake Atlas. And the way that Cameron Grimes then reacts is like, no, he knows Atlas is a wrestler, he's just taking the mick. And uh, Cameron Grimes, well, I'm going to beat you up in the ring. So like, I'm going to beat you up in the ring, Cameron Grimes. <laughs> Off he goes. Uh, that's our step for the match. And may I paraphrase a bit. Before the match, uh, Grimes attempted to show the real Ted DiBiase. Footage of the man taking L's in his heyday. Uh, immediately backfiring into a totally organic DiBiase chant from the fans. But more importantly, creating an opportunity for Atlas to give the man a strike to the face. <laughs> so into the match we go. Uh, but as soon as, as Grimes had gotten on top and was placed, stood in the corner, hyping himself up to cave Atlas in. Money, 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 money. <laughs> Distraction roll-up win for Atlas. Uh, Ted DiBiase, his music played, he popped out for a little bit. Then off he went, having caused a distraction. He's done his job, he's done his job. Uh, damn you, Ted DiBiase! <laughs> just, yeah, I love everything about this. Just uh, Cameron Grimes, you see, he's cocky. He seems to be onto something. And just before he might be onto something, Ted DiBiase just pulls the rug from out, up from under him and goes, no, I'm I'm the real king here. <laughs> I just, oh, yeah, really, uh, really great stuff. Again, weirdly. <laughs> I'm such a fan of this Cameron Grimes. It's a highlight every single week. I'm really, really enjoying it. And this dynamic with Ted DiBiase, like, what are they going to do this week? I think the idea of it moving from video stuff to in arena, yeah, yeah huge, yeah, really, really good stuff. And one thing that did make me laugh was Teddy Biasi got into his limo, and it's the idea of his Cameron Grimes and goes over to the limo, tries to pull the door open to get at Teddy Biasi, but he's in the car, so Teddy Biasi then lowers the window, gives him a final message, off he pops. However, what actually happened, Teddy Biasi must have just forgotten to lock the car door. <laughs> so when Cameron Grimes went to fake, went to, you know, so I'm going to pull the door, but I won't be able to do it because it's locked. No, he wasn't able to do it. <laughs> he went to the car door and the door was open and really smart improvisation. He just put his hand like over the door and then would then started to pretend to do it. Me meaning obviously that his left hand was blocking the door from opening whereas he pulled it with the right one. Obviously, he had to like actively show he was trying to get the door open, so sometimes it did. <laughs> it wasn't perfect, but but oh yeah, just the intuition, just to immediately within with, uh, right there and then just go. I just put my hand over it, and it's just like yeah, that was that was really quick thinking. <laughs> uh, it wasn't perfect, but you know you're meant to be putting this door. It's meant to be locked, and it's not locked. How do you do that? <laughs> he came up with a fix pretty quickly. Uh, uh, also, uh, we got a Pete Dunn sit down interview. Yeah, he's priming himself up for the NXT Championship. Just yeah, there's a bit of a background role for Pete Dunne this week, setting him up to be an NXT challenger in the future. Continuing that, and the next match I feel like is a lead into the NXT releases they got announced earlier today. And uh, so this new, I had it all set up to talk about Bronson Reed, 
And I was like, I'm going to go with it. I put effort into the Photoshop. It looks lovely. <laughs> but the uh, suddenly, like within an hour of me going live, the news came out about the NXT releases, or at least that's when I saw them. And yeah, um, no surprise for a few of them, as in like immediately, just like the wrestling community, just like surprised that Younger lasted as long as he did. And the this news coming out of, the, say, Heat, just to summarise it a bit quicker... But there were encounters. It's the best news coming out. Um, yeah, I recommend uh, like Sean West Sapp is doing fantastic work over at Fightful. If you want to keep up with that story, uh, with, as it as it evolves. But yeah, yeah. No, he's one of those where I'm surprised that he lasted as long as he did. He seems to be given multiple chances. So yeah. Uh, also, the release of Alexander Wolf, which is like really important to this match, uh, because he was in it. <laughs> Alexander Wolf. Uh, with Imperium, Bartel and Eichner versus Killian Dane. Um, and my immediate reaction was like, oh, how long has it been since we've seen Wolf Vessel? And then watching the ending, it's like, oh, well, did he? This might be one of those occasions where he was leaving and this is this writes him out of the group, writes him out of the story, maybe. Uh, yeah. My immediate thought was, oh, this could be quite interesting. What happens here? Does Wolf then talk to Killian Dane? Because he seems to be the one reaching out to Dane more. However, no, uh, this is like he's leaving, so this was the way to write him out. It's like, oh, that's oh, okay, yeah, shame. But because the, because he got his goodbye match, that's what makes me think, oh, oh so this is must not be a surprise for him. Maybe he has asked for it to go back to Austria or Germany. Uh, yeah, so I guess, uh, yeah, I, 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 it was a decent goodbye then. <laughs> uh, the two former sanity lads throwing beef steaks as Maverick stands paranoid of your everyday. He'll turn to join a faction from his monster tag partner. Uh, Imperium losing thanks to a miscalculated chair introduction caught by the ref. Uh, Wolf snapping it back for himself only for the Northern Irishman to charge right through him. And uh, yeah, picking up the win. And I don't know if, if it is going to go somewhere. I don't know if Maverick's going to be the one to turn in a little bit of a twist. Or if he was right all along. I don't know. Or this is an indication for something else. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but after the loss... The Imperium pose from the trio uh, led to an attack from Bartel and Eichner. Alexander Wolf, get out of here! <laughs> Just beating him down out of Imperium, he is kicked. And yeah, then earlier today it was announced he has uh, received his release from NXT. So yeah, obviously, I can't really speculate on anything. It was just kind of, oh, that, that, mean, that kind of immediately in my head of re seeing this as like a goodbye match rather than a setup match for something. Like, oh, okay, I read it differently now. Uh, yeah, I've tried to remember all the other names released, but yeah, I remember Vanessa Bourne was another one. Quite a lot of them were names we just hadn't seen, um, like the body, the Indian uh, Indian born body builder. I can't remember. the Indian born bodybuilder that they had in the Mayhem Classic, who like, seemed a little bit green, but you know, put him in NXT. NXT can develop. Uh, she got released, so maybe yeah, just hit. I don't know. Um, I think I think Alexander Wolf was the biggest name, then Drake Younger, then Vanessa Bourne. And a lot of the others were just names you just hadn't seen. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, next up, the tag team scene got their nice little showing in Legado de Fantasma versus Champa and Thatcher. No-nonsense lads walloping the Lucha lads. <laughs> but then they get a bit ahead of themselves. Like, so much of this match was just Champa chopping, <laughs> just charging <laughs> like a madman. Uh, Mendoza getting his nose busted by the psychopath <laughs> among the physicality. Uh, Champa and Thatcher... Unrelenting in their charging strikes. 
Uh, the tag team fluidity between Mendoza and Wilde enough to swing things back in their favour whenever one of the other lads became overzealous, uh, which is a great way to describe Thatcher's hot tag <laughs> after Raul Mendoza flew out the ring following a slightly overzealous dive. <laughs> Champa just then, with a little push, was able to send him flying out. Uh, but yeah, uh, Champa making family with those stiff forearms. Uh, right when Champa had really swung the match back in their favour by countering Wild with a snap widow's bell, down ran the grizzled young veterans getting <laughs> to slam him onto the hardest part of the ring. But yeah, suddenly the tide completely swings and again on different times will pick up the win. Yeah, but yeah, they Champa and Thatcher are a completely different dynamic to everything else, and this turned into getting some heat for the Gallo de Fantasma to go after the champions and set up a second match. But again, that's not really something you see in the main roster. Two matches set up, but also Grizzled Infections versus Champa and Thatcher, which that's going to be oh, <laughs> that that's that screams that's going to be a, a really fantastic match. Yeah, but yeah, a relatively strong match with. Murder Rampage Jamper <laughs> and Toothless Timmy. <laughs> uh, Toothless Timmy and the Psychopath. It's it's an interesting pairing. I do like that nature of no remorse as they start to go after the opponents. It's a more heel tactic. It's normally like a more heel tactic, but they, they carry it really well as a babyface team. So yeah, so it's like they've got that grit and passion just like oozing out of them. Uh, after that, we've got a Bobby Fish interview uh, just getting across that his interference was a little about helping Kyle more about getting revenge on Pete Dunne and Oli Larkin for injuring him at War Games. Pretty much just elaborating what they showed us last week, where he did go after them and then left Kai with a I'll see you when I see you message. And this was just like making sure, no, I'm going after Dunne and Larkin. They took me out at War Games. I want to get revenge. It's like, yeah, simple and followable enough <laughs> reason. It's like, yeah, yeah. A solid, solid follow-up without the need to put him in a match immediately against them to get that across. Like, you attack me, immediately set up a match. No, he attacks, then he tells us why he attacks, and then assumably next week we get the response, and then the week after that a match. Because next week is stacked enough. <laughs> so don't need to have Bobby Fisher's return as well. Don't overload it. Spread, spread your wings. <laughs> uh, Aaliyah with Robert Stone and Jesse Camilla versus Sarai. Uh, Robert Stone, decked as an 80s Batman side villain. <laughs> He's sure got a style. <laughs> the, the other one, I couldn't remember the other thing, but it was a, oh, it was a movie from the, I want to say, like late 80s, early 90s, but I was way too young to really know about this film. But it was like an investigator guy, he was like dick something, but I can't remember. Uh, anyway, yeah. It's before my time, and I know it's a, it was a massive, I want to say, serial way back, and then became a movie, and the, all the actors were massive fans of the serial, so they wanted to be in the movie, and it's, a, it's Dick something. <laughs> He's an investigator, the 1950s style. They've got funny, they've got fun, fun, like, huge makeup on their faces. Uh, oh, what's it called? That's going to irritate me. <laughs> I'm picturing it now. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. But anyway, Robert Stone, he reminded me like he was dressed as one of them, like an 80s Batman side villain <laughs> thing. That's interesting. Uh, Aaliyah charging with the fight. So uh, Sarai went, all right then. Uh, answering in kind and soon launching with those awesome drop pick kicks and slated for the win. I was like, yeah. You uh, launched with style, caught Sarai, and then Sarai just turned on and beat her up. <laughs> so continuing to build Sarai. This is, again, introducing to her style of later on comes a character that seems to be the pattern with the Japanese wrestlers. Like as they're settling in, 
get across their style. The character stuff will come later. And every time it has worked, <laughs> he just... You get used to that style, and then the character has just been so fantastic every time, and they just get it's so difficult for the crowd to not get behind every single character they've done. The latest being Irsha Rai, which might be my personal favourite, but I loved Goldberg Asuka. Like that NXT run is something to <laughs> that's going to be difficult to best. Uh, but yeah, personal favourite is the Irsha Rai one. And it's, there's everything about the character and the demeanour about it. It's a massive fan. Uh, Diamond Mind promo. Uh, still no closer to knowing who's behind that group, but it's MMA stuff. So we're going to get MMA things uh, with like holds and, and the, the strikes and things. MMA. I don't watch MMA. <laughs> I, don't really, I, can't, I can't get anything from me. Uh, and we end the show with a, with a real high again. Hit row in action. And after the massive, fantastic introduction last week, this was a perfect follow-up. Uh, having two members who aren't Swerve have a match. Uh, Ashante Adonis and Top Dollar making quick work of some poor lads. Uh, Nissan Davari, they're just playing Ultimate Java. A uh, dominant squash after a fantastic first impression last week. Uh, Adonis the hothead, Top Dollar pure beefsteak muscle. Uh, the pin after a fiber's carry into a suplex from Top Dollar. He also got to slam down both Nissan Davari to really show off his strength. And Adonis, he like the, well, he's the hot head, but he'll like launch in with hot fire. It's because Adonis has done a, a work with the Tour Five Live and a bit on the cruiserweight scene, uh, so him kind of charging in with that, I'll say high flying style, but what I mean, I, in my head, I'm just like, they call him the hot head, and he rushes in with a drop kick. It's like, yes, he's he's got that fire in him. I was like, yeah, I mean, immediately establishing different dynamics in each person, which is exactly what I was talking about last week. Which is why, for me, uh, Lossing of Benavides de Hapon works so well. Every character's got their own unique style, their own unique dynamic. And they seem to be using this week to establish that. You've got your charging in can high, and does do the high-flying stuff, hothead in Adonis, and then you've got your poor, pure beak steak muscle <laughs> in Volata Top Dollar. And, yeah, I, uh, yeah, just even more enjoying them, having to see their... immediately seeing like, their in-ring dynamic after their character dynamic last week being shown off. It's like, everything about this stable just screams money. It's just, everything is on point. Especially in NXT, where you can tell there's so much input from them in this creation. It just screams like, they're, like, a, like a, their own beefed-up identities, in there, which for me is when messing sometimes at its best. Uh, a message after the match... All three, is another positive for me, all three got in their word before Swerve made his North American Championship declaration, which then got me hyped for the North American Championship match later. And, yeah, you set your scene up. you got Swerve and Reed up next. And it's like, yes, great. Hit Row are amazing. They are fantastic. Uh, so, yeah. Alexander Wolf getting fired the day after competing on TV's unprofessional conduct, says Jay Buda. Um... Again, for me, after I watched Alexander Wolf, Wolf's match, no, well, after I saw the news, because I saw Alexander Wolf's match as a setup for him to do stuff with Dane, possibly. But then, after seeing the news, it's like, oh, that reads a lot more the, like, that wasn't a surprise, maybe he knew, and that was a goodbye match rather than a match like that. Uh, yeah, because he's the only one that was being featured on TV, and they were building up a bit of, like, Walter's not happy tension. So suddenly I'm like, oh, was he maybe, yes, he got released, but maybe it was a bit more of a granted release 
rather than something else. Because, uh, yeah, quite often when they do need to do these, if somebody has asked, then they will grant them now. Uh, that, that happens sometimes. Because, again, I don't know. I can't speculate, but that's what it felt like to me. Uh, that's, that's what it felt like. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we'll know. But come this time next week, we'll probably have way more information. Because it's, it's, I'm quite unfortunate that it broke. <laughs> it's so soon to be coming on air. Like, if anything else has happened whilst I've been live, I don't know. Which kind of sucks. Like, last I saw, um, again, my advice... Sean Matap over at Five Volley's uh, breaking stuff. Uh, last night, uh, when I left, he was uh, breaking stuff uh, yeah, really well. <laughs> so I recommend uh, seeing whatever he's done. That's what I'm going to do after I've done this. Catch up on what have I what I've missed. Uh, yeah. Anyway, positives from NXT, which I thought was a really positive NXT. They were building block stuff in the middle of the show, and then a banger of a main event with a banger of an opener as well. Uh, a really strong feel-good moment at the end, seeing Bronson Reed lift up that North American title, then just pumping it hard about the 14-year thing, about him being the family man, uh, the social media accounts putting out the videos of him and his wife celebrating and uh, together in the ring and on the ramp. And, yeah, but also the opener, the Tony Storm finisher grabbing my t- Twitter timeline. <laughs> just, just like, there's a, They were like, oh, my God, it's amazing. Look at this finisher, isn't it amazing? It's like, yeah, 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 it's good, it's good, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Holy judo thrown to a DDT, Batman. <laughs> what a move. What a move. Uh, I will check as well if it is called the Ruby Special. Because, uh, uh, yeah, I held back on calling that just in case. Anyway, with that, that is the end of the NXT review. Uh, what do you make of NXT? Uh, feel free to... What do you make of Bronson Reed's thing about the NXT releases? I'm going to be on Twitter immediately following this at the damn Invercat. Damn's and damn. Looking at stuff. <laughs> so, I. Uh, I'm somebody where if I happen to be on Twitter, I'm much better at replying than if you send it me and I'm not on Twitter. I'm like, oh, gotta load it up, <laughs> gotta t- think of a message, gonna have to actually read a thing, use my comprehension skills. Ugh. <laughs> uh, and having doing stuff for wrestling headlines, I notice oh, not not everybody feels the necessary need to apply comprehension skills, but <laughs> I like to do it. Uh, yeah. Anyway. That, I, I like the NXT review to be a bit shorter so I don't like overrun with it because it is like a smaller scale show but yes what do you make of it hit me up on Twitter at the damn Implicat I've also been streaming over at Twitch at the Implications with two S's you want to go over there as well and uh, wrestling headlines as well uh, on Twitter at Russell Headlines and over on Facebook uh, the wrestling headlines just nice and easy to spell that one <laughs> over there uh, anyway, thank you for listening, engaging, liking, uh, subscribing, five star me on the podcast version, whatever. You can also uh, donate to uh, Wrestling Headlines Radio uh, via the LOP Radio. I, think, I don't know if I need to change the name of that. Uh, Red Circle link, which is in the description. If, if, I'm never, I'm never going to force anybody to do that, but yeah, um, it's a massive appreciation to anybody who ever even considers it. Anyway. I'll be back on Monday. I get sleep. I am knackered. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Absolutely knackered. Backlash Mania. Yeah, WrestleMania Backlash on Sunday. Bed at like 5 to five or 6 a.m. Then yesterday, and yesterday was my first time like meeting. I, I hugged a person, wasn't it, in my family for the first time in over a year and a half. So that was a big, big day for me yesterday. Then I'd stay up to like 2 a.m. <laughs> with the more review. So yeah, this is, yeah, I'm ready to sleep. Tomorrow is my Sunday. <laughs> anyway, I'll be back on Monday and I'll be fully rested to go again for the Raw review. You need your energy for Raw. Sometimes it's not the easiest thing to review. <laughs> so that's a bid you do. What do you make of NXT and all the stuff involved? I will be on Twitter immediately following this. So that's a bid you adieu. 
Adios. Ten.